You're listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we look at questions and topics that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in our everyday lives. In this episode, we're discussing how to process relational brokenness among Christians. So we spend a lot of time around other people, and that inevitably means that we end up in situations where we face broken relationships, we hurt people, we are hurt by people. How do we as Christians work through issues connected to this? Welcome in to Church Unplugged. Welcome into Church Unplugged. I'm Jimmy Cozy, part of the leadership team here at CCC, and I've got with me the rest of our leadership team, Joe Coffey, Zach Wyrock, and Stacey DiNardo. And our topic today is processing relational brokenness that we experience as Christians. And so um, if you spend any amount of time around people, then you inevitably are going to have broken relationships with them, whether it's being hurt or being the one who's doing the hurting. So how do we as Christians navigate a world where we have all these broken relationships? How do we handle it when we know somebody has hurt us, but they don't know they've hurt us, or they're not willing to admit that they hurt us? How do we extend forgiveness in that situation? But there's a whole myriad of topics that we could we could approach here, but the how do we approach relational brokenness as followers of Jesus? Well, I'll just say this. Uh, as someone who has uh, been through counseling, trying to process both brokenness that exists because of how someone has treated me, and brokenness that exists because of mistakes that I've made, I would just say the beginning point is saying this podcast is not a substitute for yeah, meeting with a counselor yeah. who can help you work through the unique uh, nuances of your situation and help you work through your role in moving forward. But that having said that, it might be good in just kind of getting you thinking and 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 started. And and I would say this that I think whenever a relationship or relational broken, brokenness exists. The appropriate response of a Christian is to start by saying, Lord, show me yeah, yeah. my culpability. Start with me. Show me, Holy Spirit, show me where am I wrong and what have I done that's wrong? Not what they say and not what I say, but but would you show me? And Because I, I've always felt like uh, we should be the quickest people to own our sin and to seek uh, reconciliation because the gospel tells me whatever is true of me, it does not define me. Yeah. Christ has paid for it, right? So whatever the nastiest thing someone could say to me, and the nastiest thing would be something that's right, <laughs> something that I'm like, ah, yeah, ooh, that's a good one. You got me. And I think the the initial response is to say, I need to own this, right? I need to own this. I need to deal with it. And I need to come to the table, not with a list of grievances against them, but actually with, with a list of things that that I myself have gotten wrong and I'm sorry for. So I think a starting point is to say, no matter what the situation, Lord, search my heart, yeah. show show yeah. me uh, where I'm wrong, and to start there. What's the uh, natural response uh, that we each have to relational brokenness? That might be a good place to yeah. start because my natural Different response is always wrong. It should be, you know, I should do opposite day. All yeah. the time, but uh, <laughs> uh, relational depends on the level of relational brokenness. Uh, some of it, I, I would just try to avoid mm-hmm. because it's uncomfortable, painful. And that might depend on how close the the relationship yeah, is to you, how deep the offense is, and yeah, lots and of there, different factors. Yeah, there's a, you know another part of me is to be is to attack. Right? Yeah, that's the other thing is to go. I've been wronged. I'm going after it. I'm going to make make them pay, like that yeah. lawyer. 
I just like can't anyone. speak to like Disney. <laughs> the, I'll Tim make Disney. Disney. I will make them pay. Elk and Elk are. Neither of those lawyers, by the way, sponsor this podcast. Just so everybody knows. I mean, I would just say, I know I'm thinking back on responses I've had and more just to say it can be consuming and just the hurt or uh, layers of that. And so I think as a Christian, I said, it's, you know, what you're feeling does not define you. It's not your identity, but it's also real. You are experiencing maybe significant hurt when you've been wronged or have a broken, fractured relationship with someone. Yeah, we're going to go down a bunch of rabbit trails, I think, because it's, because, <laughs> yeah. you know, your relationships with other people are the thing that, um, you know, that your whole life is about, yeah, really. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking, how do, you, how do you know the difference between a relational um, hurt that you should let go? Like love covers yeah. a multitude of sins mm-hmm. and one that you question. should confront or say, we have to deal with this. Yeah, because I would say that my if my natural, I have probably two, I probably have similar reactions to you, Joe. My first is um, to simply act as if the person never existed and nothing, <laughs> Avoid. Like nothing them. Just right. turn them into a, a ghost. Fossil. That's maybe yeah. not <laughs> the healthiest. <laughs> yeah. Not the healthiest, um, right there. <laughs> That's but then the other would be to uh, to seek retribution if I'm pushed to that point. Yeah. yeah. So it's what do you do instead we're, we're, of those we're, things? We're all married, and we all have, I think, good marriages. So with in marriage, like if I feel a distance with me and Karen, it's it's important enough for me to always go, okay, let's let's figure out what this is. As I've gotten older, I've gotten much better at at listening, at asking questions, at not respond, you know, reacting right away. I don't. Uh, I don't do that necessarily with other people. Yeah, because and that means that what I'm saying is that my relationship with That's them is not not as important. Yeah, yeah. Or at least it doesn't impact me. Like I don't have to see her. The, the thing with Karen is, uh, I have to see her again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we have to get along. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> or it's going to become obvious, right? Well, it, uh, yeah. Something's becoming a little bit clear to me is that I think as Christians, you it is important to seek reconciliation as much as you can. I mean, again, there are situations though where I think there's man, is that a relationship that is not uh, in, incredibly valuable in your life? The offense is such that maybe if it's even healthiest for them and for me right. to not necessarily pursue, you know, significant healing, but still forgiveness is for your own personal benefit. So finding mm-hmm. a place where you can seek the Lord, do that, search my heart, Lord, and yeah. then figure out how you can move forward with and forgiving like, that person. It seems like we're, dance, we're dancing around two questions here. The first question being, uh, what is the line at which we would pursue somebody who has wronged us and say, you've wronged us, you've wronged me? Yeah. And then the other is, what does the process of reconciliation actually look like what what takes place in yeah. that process once that's been determined. Yeah. Well, I think uh, one of the things that you just said when you said you wronged us, I know from my study in psychology that you, you should make an I statement. You should say, I feel like you have hurt me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, that's a statement where you can, that's an easier, it's a softer statement to start reconciliation with. And they could say, well, you misunderstood or whatever, but I didn't mean to, whatever that. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to take a step back, though. One of the things that has exacerbated relational conflict, I think, is the invention of email and oh, goodness. and texting because you can't read I think people have said stuff to me 
through email, they would never ever yeah. say yeah. face to face because it's too. It would be it's, too hard. They would. They would need to. You know, I always think of you're watching a movie when there's just really awkward time between two characters at dinner, and then it goes to another scene. And I want to go. That's not fair. They have. Right. <laughs> they got to keep. They got to keep working through that. You can't just. But that's what emails do. They drop a bomb, and then you you get to one side of communication, and then you say, "Oh yeah, I don't want to meet face to face." You can you Texting. can tailor your argument and right. pick your words very specifically and and commu- well, right. and if that if that's if you've encountered that or if that is you that is the one sending the emails, I think a, a good step is to say push to have that in-person communication. Always be seeking and saying, you know what, this is a conversation we need to have face-to-face. Don't continue the trend of the yeah. email back and forth right. or yeah, the I mean, texting back yeah, and forth. Yeah, I was forth. just going to say that. I mean, I really think that out leaving aside, like there are categories here, leaving aside significant relational brokenness. You know, if if someone has, has or is harming you, yeah, you, you know, yeah. those, those kinds of things where... That's a separate category, and it's frankly one we're probably not equipped to speak to. But in the normal kind of relational brokenness, what I would say is until you've sat and had a conversation, I don't really think you know what's going on. Yeah, You know, I, I think there are times where I, I know for me, I can be so obtuse. There are times where I've hurt someone, and I don't even know it, and right. I didn't intend it. And when they bring it to me, it is – I mean, this happened yesterday with my daughter. I did something to embarrass my daughter. I didn't mean to, but I did it. And she called me and she was in tears and, you know, and so I ran home and sat her down and I just said, I'm so sorry I did that. I did not mean to do that. I, it was a stupid thing to do. I, I see that. I would never want to hurt you. I love you. And it was over in 30 seconds. Yeah. yeah. Right? Because she just needed to hear me say, hey, this stupid thing that I did, it did hurt you, but not because I'm indifferent or not because I wanted to. or in, And so I would just say, until you have that conversation, I'm not sure you know how to assess where things are. I think it, depending on your personality type, my wife is the kind of person that gives everyone the benefit of the doubt. Uh, so if I come home and say, this person hurt me, she's more likely to say, well, I'm well, sure they wouldn't, you, you know, yeah. and I'm much more cynical where right? this person did this be- and, and I know they meant, they meant to hurt me and they meant, and the truth is you don't know until yeah. you sit down with them and you say, this happened. This is how I feel. This is what I worry is true. Can you just tell me if what I'm thinking is right? You got to give a person an opportunity to yeah. speak before you really know where you're at. So, and, and the problem is, is that if you don't do that in enough time lapse, you end up creating a, a version. Oh, it's like, whoa, this is what whoa. I think they would say. And that, and then that, that just grows. That's unsolvable yeah. because you're actually, you actually have brokenness with an imaginary person yeah. and you can't fix brokenness with an so imaginary person. You're putting so many assumptions person. into the situation too. That are- that's probably one of the ways that I know it's, some, it's an issue that I should deal with is when I'm having conversations in my head. Yeah. I'm, telling, I'm telling this person off or I'm, you know. You wake up in the middle of the night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah, I'm <laughs> running through conversations or trying to work it out. But um, there are uh, different situations, I think, that uh, we need to overlook and love people and think the best of them and not take everything so personally because we have that kind of side too. But anyway. Yeah, there are two other things I would say, and they're a little paradoxical. So I'll just say both of them, and then we can maybe tease this out. On the one hand, I think it's really important as you... You've made sense of your own sin, right? Yeah. You're gonna, you're ready to confess. You're ready to. As you start to think about the other person's sin, two things are true, uh, and they sound opposite, but I don't think they are. One is that you should always extend the grace you want to receive, 
right? I, mean, I do this all the time at, at work when someone shows up late for a meeting. And they're saying, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I'm, I'm always, this is always what I say. I say, listen, we're going to have a meeting in the future where I show up late, right? I have no problem extending you grace. I'd love for you to extend me that same grace as well. Just It just happens, right? So I think it's just understanding that of you're dealing with a fellow sinner, and if it's them this time, it's going to be you next time. So just make sure you're not imposing a standard on other people that you yourself could never live up to, right? But at the same time, there's no real healing without honesty. Yeah. So extending grace is a good thing, but, but there's a way selling. of feeling like you're extending grace, but really what you mean is I've just decided not to be honest with you. And, and I think it's really important to, to, to let them know all the ways you've been hurt so that they can speak to them individually, right? Individually to say, I did this thing and it made you feel this way. And because I, I think that's the only way you can be sure they really are sorry, that they've, that they've named it. There's a power to, to naming it. And so you need to be Clear. Don't say things like you hurt my feelings. Say this is how I felt. This is how you made me feel. This is yeah. the damage it's done to me. And I, I, I think it's sometimes because seeing the damage you've caused is a, a tool that God uses to lead you to repentance. I think. Yeah. yeah. Right. And if you short circuit that, if you give me quick summations instead of, and I never see or feel the wreckage, then it can be easy for me to think it wasn't that big of a deal. But when you walk me through, not 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 with animus, just a simple, you know, kind of unfeeling, these things are the things that you did, and these are the way they made me feel, that I'm forced to deal with what you're saying, and, and I think the Lord can use that, the Spirit uses that to, to break us a little bit. I think there's probably a lot that God is doing. Uh, the reason that reconciliation and healing is such a theme throughout the Bible is I think God is, I was trying to think as a parent— uh, if my kids weren't getting along and I love them equally, then it hurt it hurt yes. my heart anytime yeah. they weren't getting along. So I think with God, if he loves us equally, then uh, it's uh, it must give him joy when there's reconciliation, when there's healing. It must cause him pain when we are causing each other pain. So uh, and it just reminded me that, you know, if you are on on the end of feeling very hurt and wounded by a broken relationship, hold on to, like, there is nothing beyond what God can fix, yeah. what he can heal, what he can reconcile. So go to him, run to him. He can handle what you're feeling. He can handle the hurt that you have and bring that to him. And then I know Zach mentioned it early on, but man, you know, there are amazing counselors out there that are much better at probably navigating this than we are, and they can probably bring you a lot of help too. Yeah. I think you just need someone externally to tell yeah. the story to and and share your thoughts to and have them be able to say, oh, that makes sense, or oh, actually, I'm not sure you're thinking about this well. The last thing that I have to offer here is it's something actually my wife has taught me, and that is uh, you're not ready to move on from a conflict until you've asked for forgiveness or you've given it. Not just saying, I'm sorry, but 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 I think literally saying to someone, do you forgive me? I've done these things. Do you forgive me? And giving them the opportunity, or if you're the one sinned against, to say, I forgive you. And, and, and I think forgiveness is really powerful because what forgiveness does, I think, is, is it says, I am giving up the right, whether I had it or not, I'm giving up the right to hold this against you, mm. to judge you for this, to, to, to have power over you. Because we were friends. Now I have power because you've wronged me. I'm actually, because I love you, I am giving up the power 
to hurt you with this, to hold this over you. And I know that's hard. And I don't think forgiveness always leads to full restoration or reconciliation. Right, and I think a right. counselor can help you navigate that, but and I can't, but a counselor can. But what I would say is that there really is no peace on the backside of conflict without forgiveness being asked for and extended. You've been listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we're going to look at topics and questions that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday life. We want your feedback. We want your suggestions. If you've got ideas or questions that you'd like to hear answered on the show, you can email us at churchunplugged at ccchapel.com. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.